0: welcome to the 31st episode of the cranky flyer interview today i'm talking to mark nasser from air canada mark is air canada's senior vice president products marketing and e-commerce so yeah he has a lot on his plate mark's been leading the charge of air canada's plans to roll out ndc for the future of travel agency bookings And unlike some other airlines, Air Canada has taken a very thoughtful approach to what it considers to be, above all, a large change management effort. Listen in and learn just how Air Canada is thinking about this shift. So, Mark, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I guess um, earlier this week is when Air Canada announced its NDC plans, right, officially. That's right, Brett. So maybe you can walk us through that a little bit of... Uh, you know, exactly the timing that came out and then what was a part of that announcement?
1: For sure. So um, first of all, thanks for having me on and it was great to chat. Um, We announced on um, Wednesday our plans to transform distribution. Um, And there's a few uh, key parts of the announcement. Uh, The first is having um, a new NDC connection um, with a lot of capabilities behind it. Um, You know, there's a lot of discussion, obviously, about uh, searching and shopping and booking Um, But the um, largest advances uh, in this new platform we've put into place uh, are post-purchase and servicing and customer support. So a lot of automation, much more akin to what we can offer via our website or a mobile app, um, you know, than just focusing on uh, taking the booking and completing the initial transaction. So that was the first major change, new platform, a lot of capabilities, uh, particularly post-purchase and servicing. Um, Second was additional content. Um, And this is a a critical part of our strategy um, which makes us a little bit distinct maybe from some others, which is this is an additive content strategy. It's not a subtraction content strategy. So we're taking a series of products uh, that we've had, uh, some new, some not so new, that we haven't been able to support via the traditional Rails of the GDS, and we're making it available via Edifact. Um, So a couple of examples. Our flight pass product, uh, which is actually the industry's first modern subscription service, um, our cancel for any reason that we do uh, in partnership with Hopper, uh, which is a great product. Essentially, you can buy a discounted, non-refundable fare. You pay a modest upsell, and that fare becomes refundable, effectively. But there's very sophisticated pricing behind it, and so we can't do that via the traditional channels. Um, you know, even something as basic as a promotional code that gives a discount or maybe a free ancillary. Uh, we send those out to customers. We do a lot of that up in Canada, a little bit different from in the United States, and uh, we couldn't support them or at least support it well in the traditional rails. So a lot of additional content uh, then is going to be added. And I said, it's not a subtraction um, strategy. So what we're not doing is pulling content that we have today uh, via the Edifact, the, the classical rails and the GDS. We're leaving that content in now. There might be some point in the future at which that changes, but we want this to be a smooth transition for agencies. Uh, and we care a lot about agencies having the full breadth of Air Canada product. And so we've said, you know what, we're not gonna take things away. We're really gonna focus on all the positives that NDC enables for us, the better servicing, the additional content, et cetera. The third part of the announcement was saying, look, the costs for the legacy distribution environment have become unsustainable for Air Canada, period, end of story. Um, And uh, we need to do this transition. There's a lot of investment that's going to be required. um, And those costs were unsustainable anyway and only going up. Um, And so we've said, we're going to uh, start collecting a distribution cost recovery, a DCR, we call it internally. So while agencies could still use the classical channels and they'll be able to do so without interruption. We won't be taking content away. We will be charging um, for trips that are booked over those traditional channels, but agencies will have four different options, including via a GDS, connect to us NDC. And of course, in that case, the DCR isn't assessed. The customer doesn't need to pay the DCR. So those are the three major components of our announcement.
0: All right. So let's dig into a few of these. So obviously the The part you seem to really be emphasizing here is the fact that you're not subtracting content, which is obviously a hot-button issue right now, considering what's uh, happened down here in the States, at least, with uh, one large airline. Um, And... So, is this something, from your perspective, that you're you're sort of walking this fine line, right? Because you do have this this DCR you're you're talking about, and so there is a penalty to booking in the traditional method. In that sense, um, the content is still available, but so how did you end up on that fine line, I guess, of, of how to approach this?
1: For sure. So um, we conducted about a year of research. We actually, I'll, I'll tell a little story if I could. Um, you know, we uh, had to completely relaunch or we, we chose to completely relaunch our loyalty program Aeroplan a few years ago. Um, and uh, in the process of doing that, at one point, we were actually going to launch a new loyalty program to replace Aeroplan. And so we had done, um, uh, uh, we had invested quite a lot in customer research and employee research in order to do that. We actually fell in love internally with the processes that we undertook um, in order to design, redesign Aeroplan. And so uh, once this distribution opportunity came about, we decided to take the same tack. Essentially, how would we design a consumer-led product? How would we design business-to-business partnerships? Let's bring it from loyalty and marketing to distribution. And that um, led us down a year of conversations, steering committees, Surveys, um, testing different products and concepts, and of course, uh, asking the industry what they thought of the airlines, the different airlines that had been public with their different strategies. Um, And originally, our um, plans did have subtraction of content involved, it did have many other things that we've decided not to do. Through that research, what became very clear was what made for a disruptive transformation versus what made for a steady transformation. The fundamental message we heard from agencies was, as long as I can continue doing what I'm doing today, the way in which I'm doing it, that then gives me time to make a decision as to whether I wanna change my technology, change my practices, you know, uh, how I wanna take advantage of what you're gonna offer me. So that was like number one. Number two was, I need options. Um, different agencies, different sizes. Air Canada is big in the United States, not so big in Morocco. You know, different agencies at different geographies with different um, business models are going to have uh, different needs, and so there needs to be uh, you know options for how to connect and consume Air Canada NDC. That led us to creating these four options. Most importantly of which was prioritize getting a deal or deals done with GDSs so that there was ndc connectivity in the native existing flows and existing technology from at least an agent desktop perspective to the back end is totally different the third thing was um okay well we're an agency we're going to need to invest we're going to need to spend money now um i can see how or this is me speaking sorry on behalf of the agency feedback we can see how ndc is going to be great for us when we get there but we need to get from here to there so in addition to not pulling out the rug from underneath us you also need to make sure that there's some funding model to assist us with those investments, so we can get all that new content and all those great things you're going to do with NDC, etc. And so that's how we came up with our NDC incentive structures, and it's also informed uh, the nature of the commercial agreements we have, in in particular, with Amadeus over the NDC connection that we've put into their GDS. Um, and so, so that was the process. So. Let's talk about you know what some people have called a conundrum and what other people have said is very nice alignment. Um, transitions are difficult. You know, um, I like to work out. Uh, working out is much tougher if you're not well hydrated and if you don't stretch. Um, it can be painful, um, but if you do those things, it can be a very pleasant experience, and afterwards you feel great. And um, so what I would liken it to is we are doing a transition. There is a workout that's happening here, um, but we're going to put in place the conditions so that it is successful. It is not painful, um, you know, even though at the end of the day, it is still a change and a change requires effort and a change requires investment and a change requires um, change.
0: Yeah. Now, So, of course, you know, you mentioned the U.S. versus Morocco, but really, I mean, Canada versus the U.S. is, is probably almost as large of a, of a difference. Um, I mean, Canada, you are the largest, most important carrier by far. Um, in the U.S., it's a different story. You also have the partnership with United, um, which I assume adds some complexity to it, especially with your pricing functions uh, and how you want to approach that. So specifically to United, Have they been involved in this? I know because they have, you know, just released their program in Sabre. They have their plan. Are you working together on on the NDC aspect of it with United? Sure. Well, so first of all, just on the comment of the US and Canada,
1: what I will say is, while obviously we are the largest carrier in Canada, many of our most important agency partners are now owned by American agencies. Um, And so, you know, if you are a global agency or a big North American agency, um, you know, you typically manage one set of airline relationships. So the Canadian team and the US team, they're not doing things separately. Um, And so from that perspective, the market is much closer than it might seem. And consolidation has only increased, especially out of COVID, because a lot of people, you know, in the ecosystem went through financial troubles. You know, there was people who wanted to retire, who sold their businesses. So that consolidation... uh, was going at a pretty quick pace, it increased through the pandemic. Um, In terms of working with uh, United, our most important partner, and the Lufthansa Group as well, of course, uh, about equally important to us, um, you know, there's certain things that we can cooperate on and talk about and plan together. There's other things that there's limits to us doing. So distribution was one of those areas where there's certain aspects we are allowed to have close cooperation. There's other things that are independent, like our contracts and relationships with the GDSs. Um, but I will say um, I think philosophically uh, it's definitely fair to say that we are aligned in our approach and just as you've seen you know I don't want to speak on the United's behalf but of course they've been very public Glenn over there and Doreen um, they've been very public with things like continuous pricing um as an additive feature which is available via ndc via the direct channels um you know in contrast to maybe um some other airlines in the us that have again taken th- things away before really you know uh, having the transition to a certain point of maturity so i'd say philosophically uh, we're aligned with united um, now that everything is public we've obviously had many many conversations with them um you know particularly in the last 48 hours um and um i think we are comfortable with their approach um and they know their market best they are comfortable with our approach they trust our knowledge of the market it's a great
0: relationship okay and and really um what i was thinking about canadian versus us market it's more about i mean sure maybe the tmcs are us based but ultimately if people need to fly within canada You know, you have a much more strong appeal and maybe almost a need for people to fly you, whereas in the U.S. market, in the trans-border market, there are potentially more options. So that's kind of what I was thinking about from that perspective. Oh, sure. Great, great point. But fair point, though, on the TMCs. I just wanted to clarify, that's kind of what I was thinking about is people have to find a way to book Air Canada um, and, and, you know, in transborder, maybe that's not as much the case. Of course, Morocco is a whole different world in itself, so. Uh, but you know, when, when you're thinking about this as a transition, um, you know, one of the big headaches has been the GDS and the ability for them to provide anything that's functional uh, <laughs> to consumers. And so um, I know you you had talked about Amadeus. Maybe that was commercial terms you were talking about specifically with them. Um, but how is it? How is your process coming along with the different GDSs? Um, and especially, I guess, might as well just put it out there that it's Saber it tends to be the laggard. So, um, you know, how has that process been for you guys?
1: You know, I'll say uh, we're um, fortunate in this regard that we get to stand on the shoulders of giants. Effectively, we're not the first or the second integration um, that uh, that uh, these GDSs have taken on. We we're certainly weren't Amadeus's first or second. And so there's a lot of learnings that have gone through those processes. I think another important thing is uh, arguably one could say that Air Canada in about 2006 began NDC in a sense with the Air Canada to you API connection when branded fares were introduced, which was also an industry first at the time, at least for a network carrier, You know. And uh, there was a lot of learnings and I would say some of those tough learnings uh, to be candid uh, over the course of the last 15 years that have prepared us for this point. So today, how have we positioned ourselves internally? And it's interesting because I'm, um, I'm responsible for our global IT team as well as, uh, you know, the, the this function. Um, it's really helped in terms of saying we are going to be a SaaS provider to tech companies. It's a totally different role from where we've been in the past. And so the standard we've held for ourselves is to say, if we really want to be a tech provider to tech companies, you know, think of big OTAs, and the GDSs at the end of the day are fundamentally technology companies as well, then we better make sure that we build environments and capabilities and support and service levels uh, akin to what we expect from a company that we purchase the SaaS from. Um, And so I I will actually reverse your question a little. It's not the GDSs I'm worried about, it's the airline I'm more worried about. Um, And the airlines being able to understand the challenges that the GDSs have in terms of making multiple, like dozens, hundreds of different companies worth of content fit together in a meaningful and efficient way for travel agencies. This might not be the answer you're expecting. I, I, I have a lot of time and patience and we found quite candidly, I've been impressed so you, you won't find me saying this often, but I've been impressed with Amadeus. Um, and, you know, we've obviously been engaging in other discussions. I've been impressed in some of the other discussions we've been having uh, with the
0: approach and the frameworks that they've built for these integrations. Some of the discuss I like how you put that. Uh, so, you know, one of the issues that has, has been, at least with this initial um, rollout, uh, with American here in the US, one of the issues has been uh, the, the lack of it, of ability to properly service bookings, things that they say are in progress, but you know they're, they're maybe not necessarily available yet. You had talked about some of the things you've been trying to build out on your side. I guess the first question is, what are those specific issues that you've been trying to build out and focus on? And then the follow up to that is, uh, you know, is this something that just having your pipe being able to handle this is enough or is it really about, you know, pushing some of these technology partners to be able to to work with it and understand their roadmaps and how they can handle it? So uh,
1: a few questions there. First of all, the notion of transparency. Um, we published documents this week that have, you know, a comparison of what we offer with GDS Edifact and what our NDC capability offers. And you'll notice that there are Xs in the ndc column we are being very direct with our agency partners and gds's about exactly what we can do and what we can't so that when integrations happen agencies know how to manage traffic and types of transactions that they bring over because again it's not going to be a binary overnight we'll go from 100 at a factor of an agency over gds to zero percent it's going to be a transition there's one giant ota we're working on working with and I imagine it will take probably three months to get to 80% of the bookings coming over in DC. And then it will probably take a couple of years, I would say three years just for Symmetry, but a couple of years after that to uh, progressively chip chip away at the remaining 20%. Um, so, So that's point one, the transparency around what we can and can't do. Point two, Uh, We have um, agencies and the GDSs that have been early partners that are driving a roadmap. And just like I said, we are positioning ourselves as a SaaS provider. Well, any SaaS provider would listen to its clients, uh, have a roadmap, publish that roadmap. If you go to ndc.aircanada.com, you can actually see our roadmap, what we're going to build ahead, and when we expect it to be available, and uh, the uh, uh, API specs for the integration. Um, so again, exactly what you would expect of just an industry standard SaaS provider in any in any category. Number three, um, uh, 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 in terms of servicing, um, what we're focused on specifically uh, is during the regular operations handling and recovery, and that's where we have the most work to do. But what I will say is, uh, today there are limitations in edifact, so. Um, There are certain things we can do over NDC we can't do over Edifact and vice versa. We truly want to build something that is better. Um, Maybe an example, like just to give you a real tangible example of uh, something we didn't have that we added from a servicing perspective, Um, it was the ability to essentially do a ticketing time limit, like make a reservation, hold the reservation, and apply payment later. Um, uh, 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 As of now, our NDC connection doesn't have it. A few of the integrations we were doing, including with Amadeus, they said, no, 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 we absolutely need this because this is how the realistic, the realities of agent workflows or how our orchestration level, orchestration layer, excuse me, in our own technology works. So I said, OK, we spec it with them. We we built it. Actually, it's in testing right now. We published it in our site. It's going to be available in production in May. Um, you know, So that that's the approach we're taking to this. But full transparency, and it, it gets back to you, know, you mentioned that airline and the comment around it. If you pull content out, if you have a subtraction strategy, well, then you best be sure that your uh, alternative works 100%. But if you have an addition strategy, it actually gives you a lot of leeway to say we're at 80% and here's when we're going to get to 90 and we're going to need you to work with us to get it to 100
0: what are you doing on the on the back end during this transition um in terms of staffing and sales support uh, you know you talk about IROPS being one of the big issues where there's still a lot of work to do um I I think you know OTAs look they they're not good at at uh IROPS at servicing they're generally just going to push you to the airline but when you start getting more into TMCs um you know people that that are focusing more on duty of care uh you know they need more of that ability to handle it themselves is this something you think that it's going to just take time to get there and in the meantime you can staff up to help people uh, through sales support or how do you approach that?
1: So there's been two, uh, actually I'd say three significant aspects to kind of staffing to support the NDC transition. Um, The first of course is the staffing we have to build and improve the actual NDC product. So let's call it our SaaS developers and everything associated with that. Um, And we've made a significant investment there. We actually bought a copy of the code from uh, one of the industry providers of NDC. We took it in-house, much like the large U.S. carriers have done with their reservation systems over the last few years because it's so strategic and important. And and we've built on top of that uh, with a dedicated large team of uh, DevOps, of security, of QA, et cetera. Um, so that, that's the first. The second we've done is additional staffing and a lot of training in our global sales team so that we can have conversations um, with agencies on their options, how uh, the different um, uh, integration choices can work, you know, at the very beginning all the way to post implementation support. Um, and I guess the distribution team is part of that distribution and global sales. Um, and then third, um, staffing that we're putting in uh, to ensure that there is account support for all of our managed accounts, and again, this is this is I think a distinction from some of our uh, friends and, and competitors in the industry, which is uh, this notion of removing support and managed account, you know, uh, provide you know services at the same time as putting in new technology. And you know, we just looked at that, and I mean, I can understand that from a cost perspective. I can understand that from a business case perspective. I just am not sure how sustainable that is in reality. Um, and so we said, no, 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 no. We're 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 just we're gonna you know maintain and 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 in many cases actually increase um, to make sure that we can get through a, a transformation. One other note on that: you mentioned kind of OTAs and pushing to the airline and self service. Um, As a digital person, one of my favorite parts about NDC is before and wherever we did a business case, it was like essentially just 40 to 60 percent of the airline because we were just looking at who booked directly or service directly. Now, when we do a business case, it's 100 percent because anything we build for a website or a mobile app, the same services and technology are going to be exposed by NDC. Um, And so it actually allows us to accelerate uh, investments and justify spending more in uh that self-service technology because that self-service technology to the consumer is going to be agent facing technology via the gds's and the uh, ndc tech providers
0: so I, I this hasn't been out for long <laughs> you just released this but what is uh, the early feedback you're hearing from some of the agency partners uh that you know are, are potentially most impacted by this uh, now that it's out there
1: Well, I'd say uh, the most important thing to us and what our goal was, um, no surprises and nobody feeling as if the rug has been pulled out from underneath them. So there are some agencies that are very happy with this news and are very pro-NDC because they want additional content, more functions, they believe they'll be able to build more efficient channels internally as a result of it. There's other agencies that are on the opposite side of that and have had complexity because of NDC, have had challenges in particular because of you know some of the commercial strategies that have been out there from some of our competitors. And so you know they, they're not necessarily leaning in and looking forward to it. But at the end of the day, I'm not aware of a single conversation we have had where somebody has said, what the heck are you doing? Uh, this is uh, surprising and offensive. And, you know, this doesn't meet our expectations of Air Canada. Um, and, you know, as I said, it's a transition uh, change, uh, you know, change requires investment, change requires focus. We just want to avoid surprises.
0: So you think it, it sounds like maybe some of the strategies that others have taken uh, may hurt adoption to some extent uh in the near term is that a fair statement
1: i think it is absolutely fair now we're we're passing judgments let's say uh at a specific point in time so we'll see as time goes on you know maybe our approach you know uh isn't the best at the end of the day but but you know as i said we spent a year listening to agencies and listening to tech providers and you know talking with GDSs and what just you know what what came to us is this realization this is a change management exercise and so you look at the principles of how you have successful change management it's communications it's buy-in it's understanding the challenges that people are going to go through and trying to account for those Um, you know, and I, I, I think as an industry, I can't, I'm not going to speak to commercial strategies, but from a communications and a tech perspective, I think the industry would be better off served if everybody approached this as a change management exercise.
0: That seems like a good place to end it. So thanks for your time.
1: Great. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: So what do you think? Is Air Canada's approach going to make this a success? Only time will tell, of course, but you can still place your bets. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time.